Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Hey, hey. Hey. Hey, we're all here. This is very exciting. How's Welcome. everyone doing? Pretty good. I'm feeling Welcome. good. Bigger Tommy sluts. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling good. Why are you such a good mood, Marlo? A is lot it, of things. I, did you hear the sad news? What sad news? Uh, Wilfred Brimley died. Oh, finally? Yeah, <laughs> and I good for him. I, I no, I actually think it was from diabetes. Diabetes. I don't know what it was from. I just saw the. Headline. Yeah, that would be good if you died from diabetes. But like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'll take a Schopenhauer in response to that and say the man was probably in a lot of pain, and it probably uh, is a good thing that he's finally passed from this earth. I, you know, I'm feeling good right now. Why are you feeling so good? Okay, number one, Jersey tomatoes are in. I've been having uh, tomato sandwiches for lunch every day. Lovely. Uh, number two, I did the thing where you start a new book and you, like, pretend you're Voltaire in a Parisian salon and you, like, just drink a pot and a half of coffee and maniacally uh, fucking read and then talk to your parents' puppy about Eric Williams. Uh, and then you, like, pass out by, like, 12.30, and that was fun, and, yeah, I don't know. Also, I re-watched the Simpsons episode recently, so, yeah, having a good day. Very good, very good. H how are you doing, Steve? I'm also having a good day. Um, I'm in New Jersey right now, um, using my brother's gamer gear Ooh. to record the podcast. I Ooh. have... A hanging microphone. Are you in the shed, dude? No, I'm not in the shed. Um, right. For those that don't know, my brother uh, has a man cave shed. Okay. Uh, His brother is the world fucking champion at being an <laughs> But, like, in the Hey, he's going to be listening to this. Okay. His brother is <laughs> Should we actually edit that out? <laughs> yeah, Matt, okay. sleep all of this. Also, I, I had a bit uh, where I'm, I'm just... going to say the name <laughs> and Matt also bleep when I said <laughs> there and also there. Um, yeah, anyway, no, okay, so his brother, like, at a certain point, his parents just were like, okay and became like Neville Chamberlain appeasing the Adolf Hitler expansionism uh, that his brother was putting forth and um, yeah so they were like uh, you know what like fine you want to like smoke weed and all just do it in the shed out back and then he like 
made a fucking like little rascals like He-Man Club clubhouse in this little shed, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, he had like heaters. He yeah, had, no, I remember he being had there in there in the like depths of winter, um, <laughs> warmed by a space heater. Smoking out of your brother's bong and then like going in and like seeing your mom and she's like, You're high and I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, no. He also had a TV screen with with video games. Yeah, I played the video games. A lot okay, so now my brother moved that shed upstairs from my parents. Like the physical shed or just the things in it? <laughs> no, just the things in it. Okay. Um he's built a computer and now has a Twitch stream for him playing FIFA. If yeah, anybody no. wants to track down my what brother on Twitch. Um, actually, that's a good question. Yeah, you uh, should probably know that before plugging your brother's Twitch. See, I'm doing so good at like he, fighting for you. He needs 50 people to follow him before he can start getting premiums. And okay. so, oh, I'll give him a follow. Yeah, fuck it, dude. <laughs> Um, See, oh, yeah, that's, me, me. Other, that's the other great thing that happened. It's the first Saturday of the month, which means Classic Tetris Monthly has officially opened. So, you know, I got to, like, after, like, maniacally fucking reading uh, Capitalism and Slavery to my parents' puppy, I got to sit down and watch some good old-fashioned Tetris. So, that was fun. Beautiful. But, yeah, anyway, Steve, I assume you're using this time to figure out what your brother's Twitch handle is? Um, that's, a good, that's a good reminder. Because yeah, it, it was we, 20 seconds ago. We All right, put it link, in post. <laughs> yeah, link in the description, bitches. All right. Um, but no, I'm doing good. This is the first day. Um, whoa, I got tea on the kettle. I got oh, go boy. Oh, sound like that is... What, what Literally kind of what she sounds like. You <laughs> might think that was like a sound effect audience, <laughs> but no, that like is literally a teapot, Stephen. Um, yeah, this is the first day of Ariel and I's vacation. We're going down to Newtown, Pennsylvania for three days along the Delaware and then three more days down uh, to Rehoboth Beach. That is an extremely this area of the country uh, definition of the word vacation. Yes. No, it is. It is uh, Delmarva-y as fuck, um, which is uh, I'm OK with. Ariel's never seen Philadelphia no. or, okay. or uh, the Delaware. You um, know what they say about that week I spent in Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> the joke. I didn't come up with the joke. Um, so I'm in route. I'm in route. I'm in route and in New Jersey using my brother's gamer gear. Yeah, I also appreciate the like uh, Oregon Trail-y definition you have of this vacation where it's like, it's your first day of your vacation. It's well, in Pennsylvania and Delaware. You're in New Jersey. Okay, it's less of vacation and more of uh, our anniversary go away. Oh, Yeah. We don't need to know all those details. Listen, I mean, this well, is it's yeah, nice you know what? Actually, yeah, I, I'm <laughs> miserable, and our audience is also miserable. Uh, so fuck you, Stephen. <laughs> Not even like that. 
Just saying. Someone could dox you with this information. <laughs> Who is gonna dox me, buddy? Who do you, how, many, how many enemies do you have, buddy? Okay, number one, the only people that will dox him are the Fulong Gong. Yeah. You already literally have a social security number. Uh, number two, anyone who wants to look up NBC Fulong Gong story has his name. Or ABC uh, Australia's... Harder uh, to find. Harder, I, harder to find. Yeah, because I finally decided to watch that, but like it was already buried in the group chat, so I had to like Google it myself. Um, and uh, kind of a pain in the ass to find. Uh, what do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, like, whatever. It's the NBC story. The, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's a conservative news site. I did get to call him a fascist, though. Yeah, you, 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 you put fascist in there. You did do that. Yeah. You did do that. I did do that. <laughs> That's what I did. If you were a you would have answered that question. Wait, no, not the dude from that fucking show that I didn't watch ever. Urkel. Fuck me. Urkel. Matt, Matt, Family bleep, matters. Yeah, bleep all of this shit. This was a failed joke. Fuck it, everything. <laughs> um, what's going on with you, Bunny? Uh, nothing. I don't know. I just watched The Umbrella Academy. The second season? Yes. Yeah. Oh, did that drop already? It just did. Yesterday, day before yesterday. Oh, shit, I could watch that. It was pretty good. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, no, I mean, whatever. I don't want to... Yeah, watch, it. watch it. Watch it. I don't it. give a okay. shit. Like, it was an okay show. I haven't seen The Dark yet. Has anyone seen The Dark? No, I've been on an Adam McKay kick. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, we just finished uh, The Big Short. That's why I had to put it off a little bit. We were getting towards the end of The Big Short. And um, Vice. Yeah, Dark is movies. Oh, yeah, he has lots of other movies. I mean, he did Anchorman. Oh, fuck, yeah, no. Yeah, he, he has a... Matt, bleep that, too. Bleep everything I say. This, I'm fucking <laughs> stupid. Um, <laughs> keep, keep that in. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's August 1st, and the world is... Oh, wait, no, it's August 2nd now, technically. Well, yeah, technically. Um... Again, August 1st was the opener of uh, Classic Tetris Monthly, which you should all be watching right now. This is the premier podcast of leftist Tetris commentary. Mm-hmm. That, that is objectively probably true. Yeah. What's I, been going on? I tried to watch The Ring. I've never seen it, but... How was it, it's it? very long. I didn't finish it, so <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna oh. die in seven days now, and I don't even know how the movie goes. The Ring is like one of many movies where I just notice it's being referenced a lot, and yeah. I just find out why it's being referenced, or I just find out what it's about roughly, and then that supplants any real need to see it for real. Yeah, well, it's like the first time I saw Casablanca, and I was like, oh, that's what Looney Tunes was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Though I have seen the movie that The Ring is based on. Oh, uh, the Japanese one? Mm -hmm. Is it Japanese or is it 
Korean. It could, it's Japanese. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought it was like at that golden age of like Japanese horror when like all those fucking nerds were talking about Japanese horror. Yeah, man. Well, I, I'm sure I saw it somewhere around the time I was really into Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah, that was like the more normy Japanese. I mean, like, my thing is I straight up <laughs> don't like horror movies and it creeps me out and well, like, I don't gives think me Battle nightmares. Royale's a horror yeah, movie, but, but like, Battle Royale was the included in that bag of nerds who like Japanese horror. In the like mid 2000s, they would also talk about Battle Royale. I agree, Battle Royale is not a horror movie. I have seen Battle Royale many times, but yeah, it was always in that like conversation piece of like essentially if Quentin Tarantino never actually got to be a director and was just some asshole at a party, <laughs> those people like would always talk about in the mid 2000s. Like, oh, American horror is all jump scare, but Japanese horror is atmospheric, like, would be the conversation you'd have. Uh, and uh, they also would talk about battle horror. Yeah. 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 But I, yeah. So I definitely seen uh, the movie The Rings based on, but I've never seen the American version. Word. And, uh, you know. I don't think I've ever seen it either. I mean, I've never seen it either because, <laughs> like, the horror movies give me nightmares and, like, I enjoy um, not having existential dread most of the time, so I don't watch it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, uh, it depends. I don't like anything that's, like, torture porn-y. Yeah. Uh, oh, but... yeah, that's one of the things I don't like. Yeah, that's the only thing I enjoy. <laughs> I mean, you specifically don't. No, I know. <laughs> I know you. You, you don't. Um, yeah, it's just weird and creepy and, like, fuck this weirdness. But, like, I did, like, uh, like I really liked Midsummer. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it. I watched it. Not that I, scary. I mean, not, not that scary. I probably could watch it. I just... I, Hereditary's better. That's the can line. I also don't want to watch that. Like, well, Hereditary's, I, like, legitimately scary, so... Like, I've read the Wikipedia article summaries for both of them, so I feel like that's good enough. <laughs> that's how I consume horror. It's not. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I like. I'm just chilling. I like being me, and uh, I don't need to like uh, see that shit. See, okay. My thing with Midsummer was, I wish there was more. I am a voyeur of cults. I've made that very clear on this show. Um, yeah. I mean, I like Polyphonic Spree. I, you know, wrote for a cult. Yeah, they were in the Big Short. Oh yeah, sure. Um, you know, I forgot about that. I, yeah, they're, my they're best, lovely. My best friend from high school was lost to a cult. <laughs> Moonies. Wait. The Moonies. Yeah, Moonies, right? Yeah, the Moonies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. I remember who you're talking about. And a bunch of other shit. Um, I wish there were more cult elements to Midsummer. Yeah. See, I, big criticism. Yeah, no, like, I would like a uh, movie that is just some boring fucking Ken Burns documentary of a, like, the lore and, like, internal theology of a cult that this guy made up. That would be a fucking awesome. Yeah, a Cimmerillion uh, sim of the cult. Yeah, 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 okay. I thought you were going mm -hmm. Baudrillard there, so... No. Yeah, no, yeah, no. no, okay, I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah. No, that's the right words to use for that. 100%. Yeah. 
Damn, busting out my Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Stephen Colbert, come on the cat pod. That's right. I had a Lord of the Rings question when I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? What was the question? See if uh, anyone can answer it. It was a... jeez. Oh, I... <laughs> I, I did. You thought you didn't think hard enough when you when you mentioned that. It nugget. was about the uh, real name for Elvish, and oh. uh, it is related to Cimmerillion. Well, no, there's okay. There's two Elvish languages. Elvish is a family of languages. Exactly. There's it's Kenya and there's Sindharan. Yeah, uh, and I could be slightly mispronouncing one or both of those. And if I am, uh, you should tell your friends about this podcast, uh, and they should yell at us and also give us engagement. And I don't know. Can you subscribe to this podcast? I, I don't. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Subscribe to the Patreon, uh, and you will get to personally yell at me. Over a messenger chat. About, (laughs) yeah, over a messenger chat I've never been on. About how uh, it's not actually Sindharan or Sindarin or whatever the fuck it is. And Kenya or Kenya or Queenya or whatever. But you can tell that I know the names of the things that I'm talking about. I know the general layout. I don't, I'm not some who simply says elvish and treats that like a language. I could answer that question in a... No, you, you don't sound like a at all. Yeah, good. I well, don't... You don't even know what the fuck the question was. I was just giving the context. Jesus well, Christ. <laughs> okay, if you gave me a question in that context and I had to pick from A, B, C, or D, I could do that. Well, good. So did I. I did do that. I trust (laughs) that you could because I respect your basic, similar to me, quasi broad knowledge of a bunch of shit. Okay. Is this this an attempt at a segue? (laughs) Is it? Are we segueing to something? No. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the girls don't have. Yeah, the yeah the red scare girl saying. Yeah, uh, no, we could actually segue to that. That <laughs> would work. I wasn't planning that, but yeah, good catch, Bonnie. That's right, autism. Uh- <laughs> this is responding to one of our competitors, our closed competitors. <laughs> yeah, no, they have a communist name in their podcast title. We have a communist name in our podcast title. You know, they're not. Communists for some reason, but they are Russian, so I guess it counts. I guess, but they're like wrong kind of Russians, if you ask me. Like, okay, again, the would call them Knots Bowls. They're not really Knots Bowls. They're certainly not, and this is like my ongoing analysis. They're not quote unquote class reductionists. In fact, I would say they're not class reductionist enough, but. Yeah, they have this weird cobbled together from like just reading the wrong thing well, out of Mark Fisher and for also, sure. and also have... like some neoconservative. Well, yeah. So we're actually paleoconservative critiques of. Come on, let Bunny talk. <laughs> Sorry. But that's what 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 she tweeted about women uh, faking that they have autism so that they can obtain preferential treatment is very sure. much 
much on brand with the Red Scare Girls, where they are uh, them, but. disproportionately preoccupied with uh, policing women, policing specifically, uh, I think, bitches who think they're cute. I'd say <laughs> they just have turned cattily talking about people from Brooklyn they hate into a political ideology. Well, don't forget about the amphetamine use and like the weird fat shaming as well. <laughs> yeah, no, they're bitchy Brooklyn girls who bitch about other Brooklyn girls, and but they like contextualize it as somehow being politics, which is like cool, I guess. I think they officially say that they are a critique of capitalism and feminism. So I think that's where some of the clunkier views come from, because they're out here to critique feminism. I mean, like Rosa Luxemburg critiqued feminism. Well, yeah. And capitalism, and she was, like, good at it. Yeah, she was, like... Uh, oh, shit, throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah, I, it's just whatever. That's right. I, like, I, Rosa Luxemburg. fucking toast. care. <laughs> Go on Red Scare. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do think it's interesting. The part of it, everyone's fixated on the idea that it's ableist and whatnot to imply that women are faking autism when la 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 we know women are yeah, I mean, underdiagnosed, etc. It is ableist and like the argument essentially started from the observation of why is it that women who are autistic um, don't dress like slobs and like uh, are shaking and drooling in a corner of the room. Like that is like if you like go back to the original tweet yeah. a, a person was responding to. Um, was, like, essentially, like, how is she autistic if she's hot? Like, that was literally the fucking tweet. It's the dumbest fucking thing. And it should not be mistaken that, like, yeah, I get that, like, liberals and, like, oh, the quote-unquote Tumblr left and, oh, my gender is autistic or, like, whatever bullshit that oh. you think you're, like, critiquing. Uh, but, like, no, the actual criticism that she was favorably responding to is this person cannot be autistic because they're cute like that's it and it's yeah. the stupidest idea in the world she also said that these women lack maternal instinct and that's the other thing um, yeah, yeah. i i find is a frequent theme is like this real preoccupation with the idea of maternity and like maternal instinct and like how it's so wrong that people aren't having babies kind of i mean she 100 percent reifies like every aspect of ideology capital i i mean yeah, I mean, it's like, it's not a critique of capitalism. It is essentially conservative. And, you know, that's the thing that I get pissed off when people talk about, oh, the class reductionist. She's talking about maternal fucking instinct. That's not class reductionism. Can we talk about class reductionism? Because <laughs> I, I I've think, been meaning I think... to write, like, a fucking script for this, because, like, it's a thing that I've been, like, thinking about a lot. Well, it's been a debate in kind of theorists. It, well, because it's come up time and time again, both as kind of the 
I would call it super conscious, whatever. Like it is the thing that people project on things that they don't like that other people say. Okay, give an example. Uh, Adolf Reed was called a class reductionist. Adolf Reed I'll give credit to. Like Adolf Reed has a... But can we define what it is? Uh, well, okay. For people that don't know the debate about what it is and what it isn't, and I feel like a lot of people oh misuse the term to just mean we, things that they don't like. Yeah. So me sixty minutes into this already? No, god damn it. Okay, I'm gonna need a drink if this is where we're going. <laughs> I think we need to, uh, Bunny. You fill some open space. Yeah, so... Uh, well, Bunny, like, do your stand-up that you're not doing because of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I know everybody's worried about how to be woke nowadays, but don't worry, white people, you still got white-on-white racism, <laughs> which I did want to talk about tonight. Which aspect of white on white racism? Just, uh, I feel like it. We can't get people to be better necessarily, but we can get them to be worse in a different way that's less harmful. <laughs> so we just get white people back on some very traditional white on white racism, which is, you know, making fun of your Italians and uh, like I've established in weeks prior. Also, I mean, but that's justified. Well, absolutely. So that's where you need to focus. I say if you want to really expand, add a little like, you know, the Swedish chef, that's pretty much like the best Swedish stereotype we have, except other than them being hot, you know. It's also hilarious. It is. <laughs> and it does sound just like Swedish. So it's, you know. The only thing I have in my mind about Sweden is just slapping myself in a in the face with a fish. Yeah. Well, I, I think about uh, hot springs. Uh, All right, I'm back. <laughs> I'm know? back. We're talking about Swedish fish and the person from the Muppets. Yeah. I could think of many funny observations that can stem from that. <laughs> white on white racism. Damn straight. I, I say it's good and we should do more of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ben Franklin and all. Anyway, ooh, and also H.P. Lovecraft. We should uh, consider him in the canon. Uh, okay, so class reductionism. Are we talking about that? Because that's. Well, was your <laughs> stand up about white on white racism? I do do stand up about. Uh, white on white racism and how uh, I just I did essentially do the premise just now while while Marlo was getting a drink. Uh, yeah, I do think uh, white racist. They just need to get uh, preoccupied with the white on white racism, and that will eventually give room for people of color to just flourish because you know the like white eye of Sauron to continue our Lord of the Rings theme will not be on them it'll be on uh, the Italians and the Polacks no 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 you're, you don't you're, have any dates to plug no <laughs> I feel like there's a big market and I mean continental market for Australia 
I mean, I spend all of my white on white racist like currency on Australia just well, but then you're just I mean, if we're gonna do like Commonwealth stuff, it like because they they have their own racisms, you know? Yeah, like I mean, if we're gonna include all of the Commonwealth, there's a little place called South Africa. Yeah, that's worse. That are just ripe for. You know, I mean, they are who they are. Yeah, they're all Dave Matthews. Yeah, they're like Dave Matthews. Um, they're all like farming and getting like murdered and then like making <laughs> up the whole thing about farm murders. Which and now they're getting hurts. reparations, right? Oh, God, are they? God damn it. Like, honestly, yeah, um, I'm going to like go straight up. This podcast won hundred percent endorses Robert Mugabe. Um, <laughs> uh, that was the correct path forward. Mad respects for Nelson Mandela and the ANC back in your fucking heyday when you like, you know, had like Castro up on stage and shit. But like, honestly, yeah, they went neoliv as fuck. Uh, and Robert Mugabe, the man had a vision and he stuck to it. And I respect that because, yeah. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Well, rest in peace, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do think it's fair. It's definitely South Africans are worst. Then yeah, and they have like this like stupid like Australian accent that's not really an. Australian oh my god, accent. Australians get so mad if you say that. Yeah, I well, hope they do. Sorry, you guys sound the fucking same, and also you considered South African Aborigines people to be like livestock until like 1946 as, so as somebody who just featured on an australian podcast except the person who did that no 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 they're they're just awful to talk to just <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i was a uh confirmation witness in this so really the the australian the i was on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't have to talk to them over the phone well i did talk to them over the phone you did Yes, Holy I shit. literally spoke to them on my telephone. Well, and she was like, do you know Stephen? And like, you know, and I'm like, why are you speaking like Bob Dylan, despite the fact that you're Australian? She was like, cry like, well, that's the only uh, accent that you can do. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And, uh, yeah, and she's like, so like... It was Steven's story being consistent over the years, and I'm like, yeah. And do you remember when Steven told you this? And I was like, Do you yeah. remember when Steven told you this? That's exactly yeah. how she sounds. Yeah, no, she's got so many shrimp on that barbie. But um But seriously listen to the podcast. Yeah, why not? Yeah. What's the name of the podcast? Are we just gonna continuously suggest <laughs> shit and then not actually have a name for it? Anyway, links in the description. <laughs> To both Steven's brother's uh, Twitch stream and also this podcast. <laughs> Make sure to do part two, Matt. That's the so, one Steve's in. This is part two of The Power of Falun Gong. Um, I'd say South Africa, Australia, 
are, are, is New Zealand next or is the UK before New I mean, Zealand? New Zealand's always been just the, like, inoffensive Australia that no one's understood. That's like, true. literally, describe what it's like if you live in New Zealand. No one knows. Um, we all know we were just mentioning it, the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, I was actually thinking, remember that fucking Whale Rider movie? Yeah. Yeah, that movie fucking owns. But um no, it just seems like a weird like a uh, little boxes cul-de-sac suburb that happens to be in the middle of the rainforest. Yeah, yeah. That's like my vision of what it's like to actually like wake up in the morning in New Zealand. Like I that's the thing. Like it's like you learn facts about a country, but like you don't learn like what it's like just living there. And I have no idea what it's like to live in New Zealand. I was sitting, when I was working for the cult, I was sitting between one editor who was Australian and one who was New Zealand, and it drove me absolutely insane. Did, did you play out the, like, uh, Flight of the Concords thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, the, the, but, like, both of their humors were so passive that... The amount of response was just a stifled grin and like a grimace afterwards in in the back of their minds, but not. I mean, they were all weird fucking cultists, which like transcends. So you can't like judge what it's like to be a New Zealander from that, because it's also a fucking weirdo who's in a cult. They are also the most progressive nation for vaping. That's actually an aspect of your uh, pedagogy, yeah. I was not going to use that word. <laughs> I was going to use resume, but I was going to use the other, the CV. CV. The, yeah, I was going to call, but I forget what that actually stands for. Cur- so. Curriculum vitae, is that it? Yeah, so that's a... <laughs> aspect of your curriculum vitae that like we have not discussed is when you like became an expert on vaping for like four months uh, <laughs> it was a year and three months um, All right, whatever you've had a lot of crazy ass jobs you're basically the Kramer of this uh, <laughs> fucking podcast but um yeah, no, you, but, you okay. know so much about vaping dude <laughs> okay so like the New Zealand government le- legal obviously legalized vaping, but made it a medicinal thing that they gave out to people to help them <laughs> to stop smoking. That's so cool! In an attempt to force everyone not to vape, and uh, the the New Zealand uh, force everyone not to smoke. Um, yes, um, the. New Zealand, the only people they couldn't get to stop smoking was the the, the Maori people. Uh, yeah, the, like the these, like, these like 70-year-old like native Maori people who were, were just smoking like big long cigarettes for like 50 yeah, years. Because you need to do that in order to ride the whales, which is the thing they And do. they tried and to go into these products. and they tried to go into these villages and try to get them to vape. And I just imagine the amount of horrible interactions they must have had. These, like, 
bright-eyed and bushy-tailed New well, Zealanders. I'm, I'm currently reading Capitalism and Slavery. You by have Eric mentioned Morgan. that multiple times. Yeah. Yes. No, I've mentioned it once earlier in the show when I was doing my Voltaire bit, and uh, you could not make me feel like shit about that. But no, it's relevant, though, because the book is about the triangle trade in the 16 through 18, early 1800s, and... Uh, a good portion of that is going into African villages and shoving tobacco in their faces until they gave you slaves. So basically, that's what they originally did to the Maori that got them to smoke cigarettes in the first place. And now they're just doing it again. See, before we had like well, international also, arms trade. First as a tragedy and then as a farce. <laughs> Well, also, they were, like, wanting the Maori to look, like, super cool. <laughs> yeah, no, they were fucking sweet. Really? They were, like, <laughs> yeah, guys, yo, you could, like, have not colonialism, or you could look cool as fuck. See, before, like, like worldwide proliferation of, like, arms deals, we had... Pretty much tobacco to just bribe people in order to be our colonies. I mean, also rum and opium. Yeah, opium, uh, rum. You know, this is pre-arms trading. Now we have arms, so we don't need those things as much. And progressive... Also, patalise, that's a word that I fucking learned recently. Yeah, read Capitalism and Slavery by Eric Williams. Classic literature. <laughs> All right, so class reductionism. Are we? Okay. Oh, God. You, you, we wasted so much time, I almost need another drink. But I'm going to power through it for the people. Yeah, so, okay, so the basic ostensible image of the debate, it's not really the debate, but the ostensible idea is that, you know, Marx has famously said uh, the history of all hitherto existing society is a history of class struggle and there's a concept in marxism and generally also non-marxist socialism uh that basically there is an underlying cause of conflicts such as race sexism blah 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 and that underlying cause serves a specific function in economic class and a corollary to that, an idea out of that, is we should not fight for racial equality. We should fight for class equality because if you remove the underlying cause, the greater function will also dissipate. And that idea has been projected in a lot of different ways appropriately sometimes many times inappropriately to be called class reductionism wherein you have the case of the learned college going white marxist talking down to black activists female co-hosts of podcasts <laughs> uh, about how what they're saying about the day-to-day -day struggles they face are insignificant and should be put to the side because if you just listen to me and deal with this class thing, those 
problems will be resolved. And that's been called class reductionism. Or, or class chauvinism, depending on the context. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard the class chauvinism one. Yeah, but but I've heard Marxist chauvinism. Marxist yeah. chauvinism is... Yeah, but okay, so the issue with that is, number one, that in and of... Because there's all... Also, I mean, ironically, that in and of itself is a very reductionist way. What I laid out is a very reductionist way of looking at what generally happens. And also, it's become so generally applied to people who just happen to be racist and sexist but also say capitalism is bad. And then we say, oh, that's class reductionism. And it's like, no, it's not well, actually. It's not also talking about class. Yeah, it's also applied to anybody who has any idea about these sexism, racism, etc. being part of the capitalist superstructure. If that's right. your point of emphasis, that is often um, what's hurled at you, that you're a class reductionist. Because people right. are constantly they, right. so they, you know, dichotomous when they're approaching it. Okay, there's left criticism, for example, of liberal feminism. Liberal feminism is absolutely a anti-socialist liberal philosophy. Like, I, I should have fucking footnotes for this shit. Uh, liberal feminism is not feminism in general. It's a school of thought within feminism. But, you know, you can have a left critique of that and someone will call you a class reductionist, and that's bullshit. But there's another strain of it where actually conservatives who are anti... Like, I mean... My critique of the individual we were discussing earlier. <laughs> no, no, the other one, uh, the one that I don't personally know, whatever. Anyway, my critique of her is honestly, she doesn't talk about class enough. She's not talking about class. She's making very idealist cultural critiques of people who personally annoy her. Well, yeah. Also, I don't believe specifically that individual nor her co-hosts have a non-academic understanding of classes. Like it also, I mean, okay, the very notion of classism is kind of a liberal way of mm -hmm. describing it. Like, I agree. It's not a matter, and okay, there's a few things. Number one, oh shit, you called Bunny a liberal. No, yeah, I did. But <laughs> I mean, know, I would boom, agree. I would agree. That Marxist chauvinism. Marxist yeah, chauvinism. No. That's well, what I, it is. I would agree that talking about classism as opposed to class superstructure or yeah I mean etc uh, is a liberal thing yeah poor people aren't poor because I'm prejudiced against poor people so I don't give them money poor people are poor because the material layout of how we distribute resources denies resources to some people and those people are called poor like uh, being poor is not like an identity that exists in some abstract sense. It's 
whether or not you have access to resources. I mean, more precisely, because now I'm being very on Mars, is uh, more precisely your relation to the means of production. And also, it's not being poor, it's being proletariat or working class or what have you. But the idea of classism suggests that, like, oh, we discriminate against the lower class because we think they're, like, dirty or different. No, we discriminate against them because we have laws in the country that says you need to, like, pay money to someone to be able to live, and they can't do that. Like, that's that's the discrimination that exists. It's not some idealist, like, fucking, oh, uh, black people can't swim in my swimming pool because... I think they're dirty and they're getting their blackness in my swimming pool. It's they, they can't afford rent because they don't actually have the money to pay rent. So that's the uh, little side note I had about classism versus... So, so then why is Adolf Reed... Why is it that people who... Adolf Reed, I'll actually give him the credit to say he's actually a class reductionist in many ways. Like, he's actually appropriately someone who is actively trying to put class front and center and, like, actively kind of, in many ways, dismissing a discussion on the superstructure and... Unlike a lot of people who get labeled as class reductionists. Sure, and I would love to uh, point out that a lot of people who I've come across who are talking about this in essence are not actually talking about this in name. So, like, even using the term class reductionist is, like, something I see applied by certain like liberal journalists to certain segments but i see way more people get the idea that to talk about how class functions and affects things is at the expense of talking about gender dynamics or racial dynamics and how those function and that's a false uh, premise it's a false binary yes. but Specifically, these people we were talking about, I guess I just meant to say I don't perceive them as people who came to elements of awareness about class organically. I mean, okay, this is, it, it's also like kind of this, I, I think it was originally at some point called the euphemism treadmill where like, like okay, I'm going to just say the word. We, we have the word retarded, and it literally meant people with mental illness, and it was like an improvement over calling them, like, possessed by the devil or whatever. The uh, I think, I think twits, twits was a good word for it. Yeah, anyway, and then eventually that became a bad word, so then we called them special. Spastic is also big. Yeah. No, but, you know, there's this whole, like, idea of this, like, you start with a word that is a euphemism for another word, but then it becomes that word. So then you invent another euphemism, and it becomes that word again. I kind of forget where I was going with this. Is it okay to say that music retards? Yeah, it slows down a lot. But anyway. Retardando. Yeah, okay, so it's like when the New York Times did the OK Boomer 
article, and then OK Boomer became incredibly annoying all of a sudden. And like liberals are eventually going to learn what tangy means, but then they're going to use it just for any fucking thing, and it sucks. Class reductionism has a meaning, but it doesn't anymore. Is the problem? It, like it's applied to people who are actually social conservative idealists who do not use and this gets back to classism they don't use a material definition of class they use cultural markers they use oh you don't discriminate against poor people because they can't afford rent you discriminate against poor people because they watch MMA and, like, make homophobic jokes. That's the problem with it, is it's applied to people in the what's left sphere. That's a, another podcast that I'm going to start a war with. Uh, in the Amy Therese, what's left, <laughs> uh, general sphere, the bellows, which someone posted an article of it in the Mark Fisher group, and... Yeah, but um, it's it's in that like kind of you just took all the wrong lessons from Vampire Castle, and they're turning essentially class into a identity group, a, a which, cultural yeah, which a series of cultural markers, which they've yeah of, essentialized. Oh. See, this is where I kind of you know I would call that all the. Super ego. Uh, it kind of projects onto what I would say this weird amalgamation of American idea of progressivism right. being merged into this socialist, democratic socialist kind of continuity that so many people find themselves into. And then once someone says something that goes out of the, you know, area of engagement that they feel okay with, that is class reductionism. That is somebody that's privileging class over race or privileging class over feminists or, you know, sex and gender. And they're saying class is the, the primary focus that we need to accept for the other ones. And I would call that like the superego of our kind of leftist it's very American. Okay, I think I have a concrete example, actually, of what my, my problem with this is. And my concrete example would be AOC. This is not an endorsement of AOC. But she got, like, called... We never would do that. Yeah, <laughs> I would never fucking do that. But, um, send feet pics. But anyway, no, so she got called a fucking bitch by a Republican congressperson. And she, like, made a speech where she's like, oh, that was sexist and fucked up. And, like, I fight for my constituents and blah, blah, blah. And you had this segment of ostensibly left Twitter handles say that she was grandstanding. And I have a problem with them doing that. But then the critique was they were being class reduction. And this is my issue because... Wait, okay, I, I need to... Okay, no, I no, need like, that. okay, so the same, like, Anna handle, mm -hmm. you know... Love True Anon, but yeah, Liz from True Anon, 
handles, all like a Sean McCarthy, like all those fucking podcasts, people in that sphere kind of like started turning this into a criticism of hers that it was somehow like grandstanding or whatever. Oh yeah. It's like, and, it's and not it like, like they've been waiting. They call it that. Like, Right. They call it like liberal feminism and they just this, don't that, like and the her other thing. Personally. Right. right, right, fine. But my issue is they then got criticized in turn for this criticism by being called class reductionist. And this is my problem with the way people use class reductionist. Because nothing about that is class reductionist. It is a cultural critique. It is an idealist critique. It isn't a class critique. It, 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 there is nothing that is class about that. But it, it, it involves reducing the working class not to someone who has a certain relationship with the means of production, but to someone who is okay with calling someone a bitch. But that, like that, that's, that's the argument that, okay, that's what I was trying to suss out if that was the argument. And this is what irritates me, uh, at least in the Twitter sphere, when this comes up is that is not like there are certain things that one could argue in certain circumstances. Yeah, crass language is more common among working class people. But uh, somebody just calling you a fucking bitch at your place of work is not... You get to make a grandstanding speech <laughs> exactly. about that. Exactly. What are you but, talking about? I mean, That's it's absurd to act like there is a quiet uh, right. working class way that that would be handled. General the entire General. idea of... Marla, grandstand- let her talk. Just the entire idea I'm of grandstanding sorry. is a upper class fucking context. The idea of somebody being too loud and too dramatic, that entire thing is born from a prioritizing being reserved and discreet and et cetera. So I just, that's, I just. Yeah, yeah, that's 100% true. I mean, my general thing though, like, and I take for granted that criticism of AOC was horseshit. But the reason that criticism was horseshit was not class reduction. It was actually an insufficient amount of class analysis. Yeah, I agree. It was turning the working class from a material relation to the means of production to a series of this, like, image of a crass fucking auto worker from 1950s Detroit I have in my brain. Yes, which the entire idea is that that then recontextualizes the other congressman, I don't even know his fucking name, the one who called her a fucking bitch. On that... Yo-ho? Yo-ho-ho? Yeah. Yo-ho? No-ho, wo-ho. No-ho-homo, no-homo, yo-ho. That recontextualizes him as the lower class party who is just communicating in the only way he knows how. Yeah, like, no, he just up. had like this cockney accent like, oi! <laughs> Alexandria or Casio cortez That's a right blarney fucking bitch that you're doing. Right? <laughs> yeah, like he's some fucking Dickensian goddamn orphan. <laughs> he's got uh, chimney uh, <laughs> smudge on his cheeks. See, okay, so 
here's my comment other than the one it kind of builds on what I said before but I think a lot of this goes back to how we're taught to internalize or at least process criticism um, and I think a lot of it starts in the academy because all of these people are all yeah college educated wonks who went to the academy and it in the way it's taught in the academy and I think this ties into it is that you take feminism classes you take marxism classes or i don't know neo-colonialism classes at least i was in literature classes i was even taught a class where you do one criticism style per class and then you write a criticism in that mode i guess like if you're gonna you read a book and then you write a feminist critique of it, or you read a book and you write a Marxist critique of it, and you read a book and you write a post-colonial or you write a deconstruction or whatever. And the way is that it's taught is that these things don't intersect or that it does intersect, but they have distinct tensions that lie within them that make them criticisms. And I think that this way of teaching college students is extremely capitalist by design in that it it offers this idea of a marketplace of criticism yeah and that that marketplace of criticism much like the hierarchy of identity oppression works in this way that if you buck you know and say this is just liberal feminism grandstanding then necessarily you're falling into a different criticism as you've been taught in school coming coming from the marxist tradition therefore you're disowning or disavowing the feminist critique and siding with this other plot of land that's the marxist critique and the two aren't congruent with one another well, the idea that it's all very segmented is it's part of the academy. It's literally how you uh, have to fucking study for how you're tested. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that how everything is organized in academia ends up becoming an influence uh, on its own accord. And it haunts me. It yeah, haunts me. And, and I mean, there's the whole like fucking Adorno shit uh, where we could just get into it basically like replicates Mm -hmm. the bureaucratic structure of whatever fucking institution but also yeah there's a bunch of fucking shit but also the other element here is that some people just don't like that aoc to them perceivably she thinks she's cute and i'm letting you know that is a huge element and i'm seeing people trying to because the people who have a legitimate political criticism of her find no need to sort of grasp and, like, pull at other strings. Um, it's- yeah, I, I'm absolutely skeptical of ASC. But- As you should be with any figure but uh yeah if someone calls you like a fucking bitch and you're a congressperson you get to make a speech about it Yeah, you get to do that 
Like it's a, just the role. I think it's well, and I don't even. I think it's like one layer of people who uh, just in general don't like it when bitches think they're cute. But then there's another layer of they don't like it when other bitches look at her giving her speech and get too excited about it. That's the other you know, thing. Well, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, really, what it comes down to is you live in Brooklyn, and certain people annoy. <laughs> and you're turning that into a political ideology. That's like what it is. Well, and it's that's, just, I, as you know, a comedian, I, mean, I know this territory very well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the word, it's the use of the word cringe in online discourse, uh, where it's like, yeah, cringe kind of is a placeholder word for like just that class of things that annoys you that like, is bad because it violates the role of your kind of irony circle that you have. Like, fuck off. He says within his irony circle. Yeah, I know. I, I absolutely <laughs> as we, as replicate. We all, as we all gaze at our matching rings. <laughs> as for I our, gaze, for our I gaze at my life. navel and I, she. I had a, I had a weird Hegelian thing to say about class reductionism, but then I realized I've never actually read Hegel. Yeah, no, the, oh, the only person who has is uh, Erdogan, right, and his dreams. The only person who has is Marx, which is why you don't need to read Hegel because you've read Marx already. So I mean, you're if done. we're gonna, you know, what what was Hegel? German? Yeah, yes, if they are gonna, all. German. If you're gonna be an idealist, do you really need a German version of it? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole book on that <laughs> yeah, called the German Ideology" by Marx. Way to run into the point and then continue going through it. I mean, the point is, like, I don't know. The point is that Joe Biden is choosing Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah but he's I'm now delayed. He's delayed like, by a couple days since Politico leaked it. Now, now he's got to make it seem uh, brand new. Well, I mean, he could delay it by a couple of hours because he doesn't have short-term memory. So, like, <laughs> well, my uh, yeah, no, that'll be like, one of my friends has a really on, good theory about um, his cognitive abilities, and it's that every single place that Joe Biden's ever lived has had a high amount of lead poisoning in the water. <laughs> so uh, he's just a late-stage lead poisoning victim. I would also say a shit ton of swamps. Yeah. I don't know. I just imagine Joe Biden taking his shirt off and having a bunch of tattoos, like, written in reverse. That he can <laughs> see in the mirror. So he can. To, like, give him. And he has a bunch of, like, Polaroid <laughs> pictures in all his pockets. Uh, and some guy, Lenny, who. Yeah. <laughs> don't trust him. But, um, yeah, no, like, I don't know, I, I, I feel like his strategy is, oh, shit, Kamal Harris got leaked, and he, like, desperately tried to find a Sharpie to write, like, Kamal Harris got leaked on a Polaroid, but he, like, didn't, because Kamal <laughs> Harris hid all the Sharpies. Um, well, because last time he accidentally gave himself a Hitler mustache. 
Yeah, so well, you know. God's to hide Yeah, because he lost the Polaroid that said, don't give yourself a Hitler mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Shit, I could rewatch that movie. That's yeah, great, no. Yeah, it's, fucking, you know what? Fuck the haters. Chris Dolan fucking owns. It's one of his only good ones. It's one of his many good ones. Chris Dolan <laughs> is the greatest director of the 20th and 21st centuries. Um... And, yeah, good for him. All the freshmen in college who have the posters on your dorm, I don't know if that's a thing. That was a thing in, like, 2006. But, like, you know, all of you guys were right. And, like, don't listen to the people who tell you differently. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, fucking masterpiece. It, I rewatched it. Not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, you but say that. You don't have the sufficient. The, uh, the third one was so novel, much better. The graphic. No, graphic. That's why I said Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, he was talking the about third the third one. one. Oh, yes, yeah, that's what I said. You're right, you're right. Well, like also, I, Dark Knight is also good. Uh, Dark Knight and, Rises. If you were a uh, comic book fan in the '90s, it was very satisfying way to bridge two. Major Batman graphic novels, well, series of the time. Yeah, I think I've only I've only read The Dark Knight. I have not read The Killing Joke, uh, which well, is the uh, better one. Well, Killing Joke, there's a pretty good animated version of it, but uh, yeah, Dark Knight Rises was Nightfall and uh, okay. The Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've definitely read The Dark Knight. That's the only but, one by that fascist I've read. But. So are, are we ready for the the sexist assault on Kamala Harris? The sexist and racist assault on Kamala Harris. I just want to really quick say that Interstellar is awesome and that love is can reach across time and universes. It was such a bad movie. Interstellar, oh holy fuck you, Interstellar fucking rules. It was <laughs> so bad. I, like, I did not I did not watch it. Not a good oh, movie. Oh, you need to. It is, you know, every generation has like a defining fucking epic uh, from Bunny's People <laughs> of the Iliad and Odyssey uh, <laughs> up through my people of the Old Testament, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, like, in 21st century America, there's Interstellar, and love is very powerful. Oh, No Man's Land. That's the other series that they have in that. In that sorry. My brain just shot it out at me. No, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. no, we're, we're on, like, some, like, stream of conscious shit. So, anyway... <laughs> Back to Steven's thing. Um, are we ready for the sexist? Oh, I don't know. I'm not racist ready. assault and being called a class reductionist if we say she's she's a bad candidate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is it being ready to just like know that it's there? <laughs> That it. I'm still. I'm still holding out hope that it's like not going to be her. Oh, what about the woman that was chosen that praised Scientology? Oh yeah, like uh, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call her Kate Bush right now, even though that's not who that is. Yeah, I did like that. She like was. It was Karen something. Karen's Bass. 
Bass. Aaron Bass. And there's also a DSA endorsed candidate, last name Bush, who's a black woman, and I've conflated him because of racism. But, uh... <laughs> Karen Bass support to bring about the bring around the cult thing again. Karen Bass uh, video leaked of her saying nice things about Scientology. Yo, Matt, she's from California. Yeah, no, she's a candidate from California, and like it's literally a demographic. You have to. You no, know, uh, that that's the thing that I was like. Did, do people not get that she has to pander to this religion slash cult? Like, you have to in order to get elected. Yeah, Just anyway. like any other. Well, yeah. But that being said, good. Matt, totally cut in that speech, like the good parts of that yeah. speech right now. Yeah, do it. And we must fight against oppression wherever we may find it. That is why the words are exciting of your founder, L. Ron Hubbard, in the creed of the Church of Scientology that all people of whatever race, color, or creed are created with equal rights. It's a remarkable credit to your church that this is part of your creed. The Church of Scientology, I know, has made a difference because your creed is a universal creed. I Look, I don't think it's fair to make fun of Scientology any more than any other religion. So if you're cool yeah, with no. one, shut the fuck up. Uh, I mean, as long as you're yeah, not no, like, I literally, can I, I can literally heal you with my like eyeballs or whatever Tom Cruise thinks. But, um, you know, if you're just like, yeah, do, do what cool, you do. I can heal you with a glass bead that has an eyeball painted on it. That's not how you heal them, Marlo. You got to do a whole prayer with oil and water. You wear the glass eyeball to keep the evil eye repelled from you <laughs> it keeps the bad luck and demons away but once you got them on you you got to do a whole other thing i can't teach it to you Whoa. on the podcast well i just sent a tweet because it it applies to everything well i was about to reply to that and just point out that that is a parody of a different tweet that itself was a troll like no like, people get mad at anik Christian because she's a Hegelian, not a Marxist, in that she doesn't foreclose on the possibility of new contradictions in the body politics. Yeah. Okay, so to give context here, that was prior to then, and okay, I, I should actually look this up before I make up an ass of myself, but no, actually, no, yeah, I'm going to go all in. I'm confident in me. So that is actually a parody of a quote that was a troll tweet that was that exact tweet, but it was about Elizabeth Warren. Ah. Yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> someone... Does, the, does Anna know that? Is she retweeting well, no, this person, iron ironically or? No, well, Anna didn't tweet the thing that Steve sent. Um, she did. She but, retweeted. Uh, yeah. Okay. She probably knew about it. No, like it was this account earlier that has like an old flag of Yugoslavia in the display name. That's like just some like weird leftist like you know uh, basically what I'm trying to do with my Twitter account, uh, but no one follows me. Follow Marlo's Twitter. Yeah, I'm not gonna say what it is, but anyway, 
Yeah, no, it was the exact same word for word tweet, but it was about Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren isn't actually a liberal. She's actually this hyper hike alien and is like I, lo- I just love how Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I just love how as political discourse ebbs and flows and develops, we ultimately go back to this platonic ideal idea. Like, like actually, she's uh, this special kind of Hegelian. Oh, well, I mean, so dumb. Uh, so dumb. Like the <laughs> concept of platonic ideals are really appealing if you don't have an entire knowledge of what philosophy has been since Plato. Yeah, if like, you're just you know, getting high in a cave. Yeah, like <laughs> you think, oh, there's forms and things and there's an ideal form and the way to measure anything is how much it comports to the ideal form. Yeah, but and I yeah, do... Like, I, that's cool. Like, I do think... I, do I don't know, think if I was that, an idiot, that'd be awesome. Yeah, most people are idiots and yeah, by yeah. accident are operating on a weird... Like platonic, platonic ideal, uh, pop, but like a pop yeah, no, culture version is, of it. Plato is a dumb person, and like literally, you can just stupidly uh, invent all of platonic philosophy by being stupid. What we're um, saying is, everyone that listens to us is stupid. <laughs> what I'm saying I'm is, like, Plato was like, yo, what if dudes and chicks were, like, friends and they weren't fucking? And uh, that's his philosophy. That's the platonic ideal. Yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, we're, we're, we're done, okay? <laughs> this podcast, it's, about, it's, a, it's a demonstration of the platonic ideal. We've insulted uh, everyone. Yes, we did it all tonight. I didn't even get I'm to white on sure white racism. We did a bunch of white on white racism. Not enough. Can you throw me. in a couple more? I'm just gonna say you're a Nordic. I think uh Marlo, you're an Alpine and I'm a Mediterranean. <laughs> We've got all three white races covered in this podcast. The only are the Alpines, the Jews. Alpines are just like the the middle the middle ones between the the Nordics and the Mediterraneans. They're a little hairier, I, little stockier. <laughs> That's a literal thing I did. Okay, I, I did just want to like gonna... point out that of all of you, I am both the hairiest and the stockiest, <laughs> like objectively. <laughs> Objectively, I will go toe to toe with you, or hair to hair. Yeah, although well, I have long hair, longer hair than all of you, which yes, is my have, Nordic. Yeah, uh, and I have matted um, word that I'm not going to say that ends in oid uh, <laughs> hair from my Ashkenazic. Uh, we could just bleep hair. it out. It was a. <laughs> Oh, Matt, fucking bleep that, and I will neither confirm nor deny that wait, that is wait, the word I said. No, I thought it was definitely. Well, okay, also bleep, bleep that. Bleep all of them. Just bleep all of them. And Just and- end this episode. This is the fucking series finale of The Sopranos, and it's going to cut the bleep. Cut the bleeps. Um, but yeah, no, the, it was what Steven said. Uh, would be a thing I'd say if that was either confirmed or denied, which it isn't. Um, 
Yeah, no, but anyway, I have a very Ashkenazic hair texture, fur, one might say. And also, as far as stockiness is confirmed, I will outstock any of them. <laughs> I can't breathe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just it needs to be like your jungle music, but just with bleeps is the end of it. <laughs> yeah, just like literally everything that we've said. Again, man, I'm gonna remind you the following things should be bleeped, including the things I'm about to say. <laughs> Coochie chin. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, leave that. Just bleep all the, including that, and that, and also the. You know, you get it. And yeah, just just have this the bleep episode. Just have our have our backs. In fact, literally, can we... Okay, I'm gonna just put my foot down and say I hate the fucking paragraph naming custom we've adopted. <laughs> and I just want to say, like, just call this the bleep episode. Simple, easy. When Matt's finished editing this on, like, tomorrow or the next day or the next day, um, and... You go titles, question mark, the bleep episode. I like the bleep episode. Okay. Spoken like a true... Uh, Alpine. Alpine. I like the laconicness. <laughs> well, laconic is a Greek word. It is. So. It's a... Uh, Laconia is where Sparta is. It, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used like to attend... On, like, plywood or whatever. I used to so attend a Laconian dance every year, right before Thanksgiving. It was a big... This is the least laconic explanation of laconic. Yeah. Yeah, laconic anyway. should be brief. Hemingway. This reminds me of when Adam Friedland said the N-word. <laughs> Hard R. Yeah. Anyway. We did it. I just want to clear up at the end here. None of these bleeps were... That Okay. Yeah, no, no. None of us have said <laughs> this entire episode. Or one hundred percent. None of us have said. <laughs> and also, Matt, if you end it with that quote and bleep out the end, when I said <laughs> there, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Okay, but so none of us have said. Oh boy! But my favorite part about the uh, time Adam Friedland accidentally said it in the clip that I listened to, they did make a remix of him saying it over and over again. <laughs> right, and you can't make a remix because, of us yeah. saying <laughs> because again, none of us have said. And also, Matt bleep out all the times I have said. Just replace it with me saying, uh, <laughs> oh my god, uh, all right, good night, good night, good night, good night. Good night. <laughs> the bleep zone 100%. None of us have said, you know that I am called the count.
because I really love to Sometimes I sit and all day <laughs> But sometimes I get carried away I slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster Once I start in it's very hard to stop hey, Faster, faster It is so exciting I could forever Until I drop One, two, three, four One, two, three, four One, two, three, four One, two, I love Whatever the amount One, two, three, four Hey, 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 hey. One, two, three, four One, two, that's the song of the count I the spiders on the wall I the cobwebs in the hall I the candles on the shelf When I'm alone I myself I slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster Once I start in it's very hard to stop Faster, faster, it is so exciting I could forever until I drop One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, I love Whatever the amount One, two, three, four Hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah, yeah One, two, three, four, one, two, that's his song Oh